Hi, this is AZ and we are in episode 6. Can you believe that? Time flies like crazy. Thank you very much for following what I do, providing me feedback. Some of you have some difficulties in terms of the audio. You suggested that I need to work on that. I've been working on that. I'll keep on working on that. I also got a feedback about removing the background music because it's loud and affecting your ability to hear what I am saying. So I'm going to remove the background music. Please keep on sending me your feedback. I want to improve this and also send me some topics that you want to share with you because I want to really empower you and that requires you to share with me the topics that I need to cover, the topics that matter to you the most. That being said, if you have never watched my previous five episodes, I encourage you to do that. I have a very strong reason why I want you to go back and watch them when you get a chance because deeper transformation doesn't happen without altering our beliefs, philosophies, and principles. These are the ones dictating our thinking, our talk, our behaviors, and actions. Many people try to alter superficially. For example, they come up with New Year resolutions just to change the way they dress, the way they look, maybe the way they talk, the way they behave, but it doesn't last because these outward manifestations are because of the underlining beliefs philosophies and principles that you have. So if you want to go higher, you have to go deeper. To go deeper, you need to challenge your beliefs, your philosophies and principles. Some of them they're working for you, keep on using them, but some of them could be outdated or some of them could be sabotaging you. So it doesn't matter what you make changes in the outward unless you make change within by addressing, by tackling your beliefs, principles, and philosophies. Now, I want to share with you this. I know it's tough. I hope it doesn't offend you. If we have to divide people who lived in this world but failed to succeed, people who died in poverty and insignificance, into three. The first group of people are the ones who were not exposed to these principles and philosophy that could have helped them to transform their lives to become successful and serve others. I really sympathize with these people. It's very sad. Billions of people were not exposed to the most important principles that could have transformed their lives. The second group are people who think that they got it. Maybe they have some principles given down to them generation to generation. Traditionally, they were taught about certain principles. They never tested them. They thought they have it and they died with their ignorance. It's very sad. The third group are people who actually know that the principles, the philosophy they have didn't take them anywhere. 
it didn't help them to experience transformation. They actually know other principles, beliefs and philosophies they should have practiced. But because of ego, because of pride, they didn't want to unlearn and learn new things. So the last two groups, they decided to die with their ignorance and pride than becoming learners, rather than growing, rather than challenging their underlining beliefs and principles. I know you're watching this tells me that I don't know you, that you are a person who want to challenge, stretch yourself. That's awesome. Of course, you know, in case if you stumble to this show, but you have never committed yourself to grow, to learn, to challenge your underlying principles, beliefs, and also philosophies, I encourage you, please do it. You don't need to learn from me. I don't need to be your mentor or your teacher, but find those teachers, those mentors who are going to help you challenge the status quo, who are going to guide you to be successful. I know it's very easy to surround yourself with people who love you, cheer you up. You need that kind of people, but sometimes also you need to have people who are going to stretch you, people who are going to challenge you. Otherwise, you cannot grow. That's why I want you to go back and watch these episodes because these episodes are going to share with you some of the most important principles underdogs like you and I need to know and practice. If we go wrong in our principles, in our beliefs, in our philosophies, we're screwed because it doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter the resources that you have, the potential that you have, the vision that you have. Your thinking, your mentality, your attitude is completely configured by your beliefs, your principles, and your philosophies. You cannot see beyond your beliefs, your principles, and your philosophies. That's why you need to challenge them. See which ones are practical, which ones are delivering, which ones are outdated, which ones need to be called, which ones you need to add into the mix. So go back, watch them, and let me know what you learned from that. And also share me your stories. Which of the principles that I shared you've used in your life? Because I want to share that to other people. That being said, in the next couple of episodes, I'm excited to empower first-timers. I want to tackle this thing called first-timer syndrome. Of course, there are, you know, first-timer syndrome in sport, first-time uh, big game, you know, first-time homeowner, first-time uh, parent, first-time this and that. But I want to focus on first-time leaders, such as first-time team lead, first-time project manager, first-time supervisor, first-time business owner. Because you were an employee and your superiors, they saw some qualities in you and they promoted you. And you are in transition. You may not have the right mentality, the right competencies and personality to succeed there. Or you promoted yourself. You've been successful as employee and you decided to become your own business owner. And that's a big transition. 
We're going to talk about why it's tough and what you should do to overcome this first-time syndrome. But right now, I want to uh, make sure that this is important, not, not just for those of you who are right now in first-timer position. You could be an aspirant first-timer. You, you don't have yet your first team lead or supervisor, manager, or business owner. But you're preparing. I mean, I mean, you're smart because you're going ahead of the curve to prepare yourself because when the time comes, you cut short of the learning curve. You quickly succeed in the transition. It's going to affect you. The syndrome is going to be there, but the impact won't be that much tough on you. Or you could be already in this first-timer position for weeks and months. That's fine. You could be able to see what you've done right, what you could do differently. Now, I want to tell you this. Everybody experiences the first-timer syndrome. Somebody could be a manager for years, and when they are promoted to become an executive, like to lead a department or to become a vice president of one division, they are first-timers in that position. Or somebody has been an executive and they are now promoted to become a CEO or promoted to become chairman of the board. They are first-timers. The only difference with these people is that they have experience how to shorten the transition. Some of them, they prepare ahead of time, which means they're going to experience the, the, the first-timer syndrome, but they make it shorter. Wherever you are right now, whether you are an aspiring first-timer or already a first-timer, you've been a first-timer, but you are also waiting for your ne next first-timer position, this couple of episodes are going to empower you. They're going to help you configure, reconfigure your mindset, develop certain skills and personalities that are important to wither the challenges in transitions. Now, how do you feel when you are in transition, when you are in your first timer position? I can share with you from my own experience. I have been in different first-timer positions. My first-timer leadership position was a youth leader in the early 90s. I remember I was so naive. I thought I can be successful. Actually, I remember I'm going to stand there and explain to them how to open the youth association. I had a lot of things written down. I prepared to talk for hours. Hey, the first thing that happened to me when I stood on the stage was fear. Actually, I was surprised why my peers were looking at me like that. I mean, what do you expect if you stand in front of people? People are going to look at you. But I was scared. I finished my talk very quickly. I was scared. The same when I became the first time timer uh, student leader in the late 90s. The same. I thought I can handle it. But it was hard. It was hard. I felt frustrated. I felt desperate. I felt anxiety, misplacement, and so on and so forth. I had been also a team 
lead and also supervisor. I, I remember traveling to in the rural parts of Ethiopia, traveling to lead researchers, team uh, team members of researchers in the rural parts of Ethiopia, uh, coming to the U.S. I have been also in different first-timer positions, including first-time trainer, first-time business owner, and so on and so forth. In these positions, I experienced these all symptoms. You may be exper experiencing these right now. Of course, I overcame the first-timer syndrome. Actually, for some years, I used to have workshops on-site and also public seminars arranged for first-timer supervisors. But whatever I share here for you, it's not only for first-timer supervisors. It could be first-time timer team lead or manager or business owner. They're going to help you. The point is, I have been there. And it is something you can overcome. This is something you can prepare. This is something you can shorten. Otherwise, you're going to experience, if you haven't yet, the first-timer syndrome. In this episode, I want to talk about why we are experiencing the first-timer syndrome, and I will continue in the, the next episodes to give you more tips, strategies, tools, approaches that you could be able to use to succeed as a first-timer. Now, why first-timer is tough? First of all, think about this. You were employee. You had job descriptions. You mastered them. When you go to that organization, you don't care about much about other people, what they do, your peers and so on, because you have a job description. If you meet your goals, that's it. But now your job description changed. Actually, when I ask managers, supervisors, why are you paid in this position? I don't get satisfactory response right away because many supervisors and managers they think that they are paid for their individual outputs no you're paid for that supervisory position for the group's output you're expected to tap into the potential of each team member and you're successful when you help your team to give their best, to bring out their A game. Otherwise, you're not successful. So the game changed on you. You don't just inspire yourself now. You have to inspire other people. Of course, inspiration comes from within. But there are people who don't have that inspiration. Because this is your job. Another challenge is the skill set. The, the skill set that helped you could be technical. Now, in your new position, you may, you may not use your technical skills that helped you to succeed. You need to have soft skills now, people skills. If you don't have those, you can't succeed. And the challenge is soft skills and people skills, you can't develop them right away. Technical skills I can send you for two days, three days, maybe one week, you could be able to do it. But when it comes to softer skills, people skills, yeah, you need workshops, but you need to practice them. That's why it's hard during the transition to develop those 
competencies, especially the softer skills, the people skills. That's, that's the challenge. Another challenge is the personality it takes. You know, in the past, when you were employee, you can have your own style preferences and you can, you know, hold your head high and be who you are, who you want to be. Now you are a leader of people who have different perspectives, different outlooks, different background, different preferences, different personality types. You can't just be who you are. You need to understand them. You need to adjust your leadership style according to the needs of your people. And adjustment is very hard. It may take you a little bit. That's why I want you to carefully follow the next couple of episodes because once you know what kind of quick change you could make, it really helps you to succeed. Now, Another challenge is the people around you. You may know the people that you're leading right now. You might have been working with them, but in different positions. Some of them could be your peers. You guys were out for coffee, for beer, draft. You were enjoying, making some fun, jokes. You were friends. Maybe you were backbiting your bosses or maybe even speaking against the organization. Now you are one of them. <laughs> and that's a challenge. You can't just now walk around with your team members and speak against the organization or backbite or make some fun. People look up to you. You have to be exemplary. Another challenge is the people who knew you before. People who used to work with you, they think you changed. You became one of these guys. And you value their friendships. You need them to help you in this new position. But you can't please them. So you have to know how to keep the balance. Yes, you were their friends. You are still their friends. But you have now new responsibility. And you need to help them accept your new responsibility and your new personality. These and many other challenges cause you to stumble in your first time or position. If you don't prepare yourself, you can't succeed and it may make or break your future career. If you fail in this first time or position, you may not have a chance to succeed in that organization. That's why it's very, very critical. But the good news is you could be able to improve and you could become better. Here is one deal I have for you. I am planning to have a seven days challenge for first timers, which means if you sign up for this challenge, you're going to get video clips. I'm going to go deeper than this. I'm going to send you worksheets and I'm going to help you within seven days to be ready to handle your first timer syndrome. To do that, you need to go to my website, asseged.com, A-S-S-E-G-I-D.com, sign up for the email list. In that way, I could be able to send you these free video clips, worksheets, and so on and so forth. Of course, I encourage you to subscribe for this channel, give me your comments, send me questions, questions about first-timers, what kind of challenges are you facing right now as a first-timer? Or what kind of challenges you used to face when you were a first-timer? If you send me those questions, I'll make sure to answer in the coming 
episode. Until I see you in the next episode, where I'm going to empower your mindset. I'm going to give you some uh, approach, tools, and steps, and methods that you could use to develop your competency and personality so that you could be able to overcome the first-time syndrome. I look forward to see you soon. Thank you for watching. Bye.